Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we welcome back sponsor Nokia to talk about a compelling new feature in Nokia's Fabric Services System. This feature called Connect lets Fabric Services System integrate with platforms like VMware, OpenStack, and Kubernetes. So you get to streamline the provisioning of network services and top of rack switches when new workloads or services are instantiated. Our guest is Erwan James. He is product land manager at Nokia to talk about uh, Connect with us. And Erwan, welcome back to the podcast. So can we start with some context, both on Fabric Services System and the Connect capability? What are they? What do they do? Thanks, Drew. Yeah, so Fabric Services System is uh, Nokia's intent-based uh, data center fabric uh, automation platform. Uh, so in Fabric Services System, we handle data center switch fabric design, uh, as well as uh, deployment. So, you know, config generation and, and ZTP of devices. And then, mm -hmm. of course, the kind of uh, operations out of the house and change management after the fabric is operational. And Connect is a part of Fabric Services System, which uh, aims at providing a simplified API and a plugin registration system for the various cloud uh, compute platforms, such as VMware or OpenStack or Kubernetes, as you mentioned, the intro, Drew. Um, so where, what Connect provides here is two-dimensional. One is you can imagine that in a data center switch fabric, you have kind of three layers of abstraction or, or typically two layers of, of, of abstraction. The first is the, of course, the no abstraction, which is on the switch fabric where you have, uh, you know, IP verfs and VXN uh, uh, EVPNs and VNIs and EVIs and BGP timers. And there's basically the switch configuration. And part of what a switch um, fabric management system, such as fabric services system needs to do is provide, you know, a layer of abstraction above that, right? So that you can provide workload intents and potentially provide subnets. And then, you know, we would figure out what all the knobs need to be configured on the devices. Uh, but that even then we have to adhere to, you know, a wide range of operators, those who are very tech savvy, who want to come and play with all the different routing knobs. And then those who are kind of on the extreme, which is typically found in the cloud uh, compute platform side, which is, well, I just want a subnet. I just want a router and how you, how you connect that is kind of up to you guys. Right. And this is where connect comes into play. It's just really providing that simplified API uh, such that someone who's developing automation uh, tied to an, uh, a compute platform can just make an API call to create a router and then Fabric Services Connect would then uh, abstract that into a bunch of configurations which could apply to the switches. Okay, so let me read that back to you to make sure I'm understanding. I've got uh, I've got my data center network, I've, I've built the fabric and if I need to get, and there's a workload on a compute platform spinning up and I need to bring it into the fabric, Connect is helping me do that configuration on the switch side so that that workload you know, gets into the right VLAN or something? Yeah, absolutely. So Connect is really just the interface. And then there's typically plugins for each of the compute platforms. And we can get into those in a little bit. But so VMware, for instance, a VMware platform would have a different plugin than an OpenStack platform than say a Kubernetes platform. And what Connect provides is really the ability to abstract some of those uh, uh, APIs so that the, the development of the plugin is simplified, as well as uh, the workflow, right? So the second part of what Connect provides is uh, an ability to automate the deployment part of this. So as we know, these compute platforms, you know, the, the promise is that you can dynamically scale applications up and down, your application can land on any compute, and therefore the, the, the network needs to follow, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, in a traditional, maybe uh, uh, old school networking methodology, you may have had your compute platform team request for you to create these VLANs ahead of time, such that by the time they create the uh, applications, they would be connected. Uh, or potentially they even add deployment time. There's a change request that comes in and you have to deployment, right? Uh, to mm -hmm. deploy changes on the network. This really aims to provide an ability for these plugins to interact directly with the switch fabric, such that as these applications get instantiated and they have certain networking requirements, 
the networking is reacting to those changes and provisioning certain services within the boundaries of the acceptable uh, rules put in place by the networking team, of course, to then deploy those, those changes to Fabric-wide. Now, Erwin, I'm going to raise my hand as one of those people that's been tasked with creating VLANs to support the coming workloads hitting, in, in my case, a VMware cluster. Uh, so give me an example of how Connect, which you described in part as being intent-based, how does that work with uh, with a VMware environment? Sure. So VMware is kind of twofold, right? As we know, VMware works both with their overlay system, NSX, and then they work you know, in the, the pre-NSX days with the, the standard DV switches and port groups and VLANs, right? Um, so I think the more interesting use case potentially is actually not on the NSX side. So on the NSX side, the, 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 the network separation and the overlays begin at the computes, and really the switch fabric needs to transport that and then potentially exit the, uh, the NSX overlay to provide reachability outside the data center fabric. So of course, with Connect, you can provide that reachability through gateways and allow the, the breakout from you know, the NSX overlay to, to, your, gate, to, your, um, to, your, to the rest of your network. But on the non-NSX side of the house, uh, some capabilities that Connect can provide is we have this plugin system, which allows you to um, work in two modes. The first mode is it allows the network to react to configuration of those DV switches and port groups in VMware. What I mean by that is you could create a DV switch, add your uplinks, add your port groups, and of course the associated VLANs with those port groups in VMware. And what uh, FSS Connect and its plugin would do is then, um, attach itself and I'm mean, sorry, listen to the vCenter and attach the interfaces on the top of racks, which is dynamically as you provision the port groups in the VLANs. And this allows you to do two things. One is that, of course, you're always uh, sure that you have the correct VLANs on the top of rack switches when you provision the uh, computes. Uh, and two, you, not have, you don't have unnecessary configurations across your switches uh, in in the event that you may have uh, you know computes coming in the future, you don't have to pre-provision VLANs, you don't have to pre-provision eVPN, VXLAN services. This is really done dynamically as the compute comes online, as the provisioning of that compute happens. We can react to the uh, to the change happening on the compute side of the house and ensure that yes, we do have that VLAN on that on that top of rack switch, and we stitch that VXLAN VPN service to really tie in your different computes for using the same uh, uh, VLANs across the fabric. It saves me some of the ma uh, manual work, saves some of the operational tasks, but still has some some bounds and controls on it. So we're not just willy nilly creating VLANs all over the place, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of have two modes of operation. And the first one is we can work in an operation in a mode where we're completely transparent. So the fabric service system connect uh, VMware plugin can be completely transparent, where we literally will create a layer two service for every VLAN and port group mapping you create, right? Um, the other mode of operation is you can have the networking team actually create some of these services in the fabric services system, which don't necessarily translate to configurations on switches quite yet, put some extra boundaries, some extra configurations in place, ACLs, QoS, whatever may be needed. And then when you provision the compute and the port groups and the DV switches, you can add some metadata. And the metadata will tell the plugin that it actually should attach this port group and this VLAN to a very specific uh, service uh, that was provisioned in fabric services system ahead of time. So you can have two modes of operation, the very simplistic, uh, hey, if you create a VLAN, we'll create an L2 service, right? And you can do that as, as, as you see fit. Or the second service uh, mode of operation is, hey, we'll, we'll pre-provision some boundaries, some configurations in fabric services system. And as you attach your DV switches, just add this metadata in and we'll pick up on that and we'll make sure we attach it to the correct network. So that's VMware. We mentioned a couple of other platforms in the intro, one of which is OpenStack. And some of our listeners might be like, OpenStack, is that still out there? But I think OpenStack does have some traction in the telco space. What kind of issues are you trying to solve uh, on the telco side by uh, tying Connect into, open, uh, into OpenStack? Sure. 
Yeah, so with OpenStack, um, as you said, still widely used in the telco space, VNFs are still widely used. Um, and the challenge that they have, the problem they have is, um, compared to say an enterprise, is that they're trying to scale not necessarily only the CPU and RAM utilization of a workload, but the network is actually very important. And so they need highly performant uh, computes that can process a lot of networking, as well as the VNFs themselves actually tend to interact with the, the switch fabric, right? So it's kind of twofold. So typically in OpenStack, you would have, you know, your, your software-based overlays and, you know, we introduce things like DPDK to try and help with the performance of those workloads, but they tend to be a bit lackluster. And then you would have something like SIROV, right? And that was kind of the pass-through to get the most networking performance out of your compute so that the VNFs could perform at their best of the ability. Um, but that requires you to pass through uh, the NIC, and then you would have these VLANs that get created out of the NIC up to your top of rack switches. And so then that that puts a burden on the top of rack switch and the switch fabric to have those VLANs either be pre-provisioned ahead of time as the VNFs you know could come online and attach themselves to it, mm -hmm. or have an automation platform to make sure that when a VNF gets instantiated, it's using SIROV for instance, and it's going to have to have these VLANs provisioned that we are able to make sure the top of rack switch has them provisioned at that moment in time. And so that's where that, that interface comes in. And so in OpenStack, you know, you have this ML2 plugin concept where, uh, you know, we would develop an ML2 plugin for, for Fabric Services Systems Connect, and you would just go through your normal ML2 API, you would create, you know, Neutron routers, Neutron subnets, Neutron networks, do the whole attachment, do your SIROV if required, and we would make sure that the top of rack switches have the, the correct plumbing in place. Okay, and again, this is making sure that you know, as part of that operational chain, there's you know either resources in place, or I can tie into an automated workflow or process to make sure, you know, the VNF is going to connect to the physical fabric properly. Yeah, exactly. And 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 like I was saying, in OpenStack, or I should say, maybe the telco cloud space, the VNFs themselves tend to then interact with the fabric. So it's important, obviously, you have the plumbing in place to connect the. Obviously, as we said, the correct VLANs and the correct workloads to the to the switch fabric. But the second piece of that, of course, is that these VNFs tend to want to be GPPer with the fabric, right? So mm. if you're doing any sort of, um, you know, is it 4G, 5G? You know, where are you doing your slicing? Are you are you doing VRFs within your fabric? Are the the VNFs that are being instantiated do they have to be GPPer or peer in general with the switch fabric? Are you doing an L2 pass through to a DC gateway? These are all things that are taken into place that take place in the telco, which don't necessarily take place in the enterprise space. That is a challenge that we have to solve as a, as a data center switch fabric system. Okay. I know there's some connectivity there with uh, Kubernetes as well, although that's, that's a pretty complicated environment considering we're dealing with <laughs> containers and multiple layers of networking going on. So how does connect work with Kubernetes? Sure. So again, um, it's really focused on the telco space. So in the enterprise space, you typically have this concept of, you know, Kubernetes has this concept of CNIs and there's various plugins you can use for uh, connectivity amongst your workloads as you scale them horizontally, right? The promise of Kubernetes is a kind of scale up, scale down dynamic nature of, uh, of the applications and the networking has to follow. In the telco space, that's still true, although a bit limited to say, uh, to, to some extent, but the big challenge in the telco space with Kubernetes is that the, the, the CNFs, right? So they basically took these VNFs and made them CNFs, still have this networking requirement where they have multiple interfaces, right? And multiple interfaces is not something that Kubernetes dealt with natively very well, as typically in an enterprise application, you have a single network interface on the application uh, uh, pod, right? And so there are CNIs in place from Kubernetes to let this uh, happen. But again, to adhere to having A, multiple interfaces on the CNFs, but B, also having it high performance and connecting to the fabric, 
um, gets a bit more challenging. And so this is where Connect provides that API, again, ability for us to build a Kubernetes operator, which we have done as well, um, that allows us to, uh, as the telco CNFs gets instantiated and there's multiple interfaces that are being uh, attached to it, we can again dynamically ensure that the network uh, on which uh, the switch on which the the uh, CNF is sitting below um, has the correct connectivity. And again, similar following suit to what we do with OpenStack is again we're making sure that we have the correct connectivity piece and that the CNFs themselves can interact with the data center switch fabric. So I, Ethan raised this question, and I think maybe we should just get a little bit more detail on it. You know, network engineers may feel a little reluctant about a dev team or a compute team uh, playing with the networking. So it sounds like you do have some kind of controls in place. Can you talk a little bit more about how you can assuage the the conscience of a network engineer who may have uh, hesitations about giving the keys to the to the car? Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. So. Like I mentioned earlier, kind of two modes of operation is a simplistic mode, which is, you know, uh, our plugins will listen to what's happening and react. And then there's a second model, which is the, the network engineers themselves can, can go into fabric services system, provision networks as they see fit, right? With the correct security rules, potentially uh, the correct uh, QoS rules, if they were to put some QoS in place uh, or any other uh, configuration parameters, and then expose those to the compute team. And through the use of metadata, uh, on the various compute platforms, uh, that would indicate to our plugins that they should attach the given workload to a very specific pre-existing network in Fabric Services System. The key here is that we're not pre-provisioning the switches, we're pre-provisioning Fabric Services System and all the rules and the intent that are behind these services mm -hmm. uh, on which we will attach the workloads. And only when the workloads get attached and that the compute teams have provided the correct metadata, which allows their workloads to attach themselves to a network which was owned and provisioned by the networking team, do we actually push a configuration down to the appropriate top of rack switch. Got it. Okay, so this is where that intent piece comes in, meaning I've got the rules in place, and then when a request comes in to get a network service, the system, fabric service system, will look at the rules and then make the appropriate configurations as approved as a, as opposed to having pre-configured everything and just sort of hanging around. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay, so last question, Erwan, the Connect service, does this require a separate license or is it something I automatically get if I've got fabric services system? Sure. So Connect itself is part of Fabric Services System. So again, Connect being the simplified set of API, APIs and plugin registration that allows for these plugins to be developed uh, against Fabric Services System. But of course, we do have our own plugins that we've developed for VMware OpenStack Kubernetes as discussed, and we do license on the plugins. Uh, but nothing stops an operator for developing their own plugins. That is the kind of purpose of Connect itself. Uh, but yes, we do have licenses for our own plugins. All right. Well, thank you, Erwan, for joining us. And thanks again for uh, to Nokia for being a sponsor. If you're curious about uh, Connect or Fabric Service System, head on over to nokia.ly slash fabric dash services dash system. That's nokia.ly slash fabric dash services dash system. We'll have that link and others in the show notes that accompany this podcast. Uh, thanks to you for listening. If you like this episode, there are many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn. Hear us on Spotify and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.